September 12, 1976, 10.20 a.m. The body of a young woman was found just off a road near the 5600 block of Dogwood Road in Baltimore County, Maryland. The young woman wasn't far from the Lorraine Park Cemetery and was only believed to be somewhere between her late teens and early 20s. Her dark wavy hair hung to her shoulders and she bore a dark olive skin complexion. It was clear she had been sexually assaulted, beaten, and then strangled to death. Her clothing and the white sheet she was wrapped in were saturated with blood, indicating a very violent attack and possibly a personal one. More gruesome details include the young woman's hand being tied behind her back and a rope around her neck. Finally, there was a tattoo on her shoulder that is believed to read J.P., but we will get into that more later. At the scene, there was actually quite a bit to work with. As we said, she was found wrapped in a sheet, so it's believed she'd been killed beforehand and dumped at the back entrance of the cemetery sometime later. She was fully clothed with pants, socks, a sweater, and bra, but a leather shoe with a twine shoelace was located nearby that police believe could have been hers. Along with this, she had a leather string necklace with a single turquoise bead, and inside her pocket were two brass keys attached to a safety pin. There was also large tire tracks found near the scene that some have said could be connected to the disposal of the body. Some witnesses from the day claim to have seen a van around in the area. Through rigorous forensic testing, police came to the conclusion that the young woman was likely from the northeastern United States, with their best guesses being Boston, Massachusetts, or New York. More investigation led to even stranger discoveries. As we said, her hands were bound behind her back, but it was done so with medical tape and what's been described as a perfect knot. Even more intriguing is the fact that the autopsy showed a large amount of sedative in her system, specifically chlorprosamine. This could mean one thing. Either her or the person who took her life had connections to a mental institution where these kind of drugs were commonly used on patients. Furthermore, the white sheet she was wrapped in was only 150 thread count. This specific type of sheet was very low quality and used most commonly in institutions. There was also three other pieces of cloth with the woman's remains that were used just to cover her face. The first two were bandanas. One was a dark blue and white with a paisley pattern, and the other was orange and white with a similar pattern and had three holes cut from it for two eyes and a nose. The final cloth was a yellow bag for a 25-pound sack of lawn seed. The bag had Farm Bureau Association grass seed, Lexington Mass, printed on the front. The manufacturer of this specific bag was located in Buffalo, New York, and was only sold in five locations throughout Mass. 58 Lexington Street in Waltham, Stafford Street in Rochdale, 307 Western Avenue in Lowell, 3 Hollis Street in South Weymouth, and East Deerfield Front Yards in Greenfield. It would be safe to assume that whoever took this young woman's life lived in or near one of these locations. It was in 2016, 40 years following the Woodlawn Jane Doe's discovery, that a fairly large break came in the case. While it wasn't an identification, it narrowed down where she could have been living at the time of her abduction. 
On March 6, 2016, an article was published in the Baltimore Sun explaining that pollen that had latched onto her clothing around the time of her abduction indicated she most likely lived in Boston. But soon, it was even more specific. The article reads, New forensic evidence culled from microscopic grains of pollen that clung to her clothing has bolstered a theory that she came from the Boston area. Authorities say the blend of cedar and mountain hemlock pollen identified by a scientist with the U.S. Customs and Border Control suggests a connection to the Arnold Arboretum in Boston. The JP tattoo we mentioned before is believed to represent Jamaica Plain, a neighborhood in Boston in the early 70s. The same person who submitted this tip said the young woman most likely lived there with her family and may have gone by the names of Jazz or Jazzy, meaning her name could have been Jasmine. Other tips included information that indicated she could be connected to families with the last names Blanca, Tito, and Santana. With so many connections to mental institutions and her possibly being a patient at one, I theorize that she may have been involved with one of the employees. The JP tattoo was described as low quality and not done professionally, so perhaps she did it herself. It could be theorized that she gave herself what's known as a prison tattoo to profess her love with whoever she was with. The employee at this facility would have seen this, and their job would have been at risk. How far-fetched is it to believe that the person she was involved with took her life to save their job? Given the severity of the assault, it seemed to be more than a random attack. Couple that with the low-quality sheet found in the institutions and the fact that she'd been sedated, and the fact that medical tape was used to bound her hands and feet, and all signs point to an employee of some kind of institute. If the person involved wasn't a doctor, they could have easily been someone who would fall under the radar, a janitor or someone similar, someone who could have had a closer connection and reason to deal with the sheets. If the person cleaned the institute on a regular basis, they would have been able to make off with the sedative as well. The only thing that's rather hard to tie to this theory is how the person would have known what drug to use for their purposes. Over the years, many news outlets have worked to keep this young woman's face in the media. WBLA-TV did a small piece covering her, and Crime Watch Daily also talked about it extensively. Still, now some 44 years later, the Woodlawn Jane Doe hasn't been given her name back. Before we finish this, I want to reiterate everything we've covered as a quick refresher. The young woman seen here was believed to be 15 to 25 years old, stood at 5 foot 8, and weighed around 160 pounds. With her body, a necklace and shoe were discovered, both of which looked homemade. This led some to believe that she may have Native American heritage. A large amount of chlorpromazine was found in her system, a drug that is known to have a sedative type effect, but was used to treat psychiatric disorders as well. This, coupled with the low-quality sheet she was wrapped in, indicated she could have been a patient of some kind of institution. The person who took her life could have very well been an employee there, someone who had access to the medicine and knowledge of which drug to use. The crude tattoo on her shoulder reads JP. Police believe this indicates she lived in or around Jamaica Plain, though I also theorized it could be initials, maybe even those of the person who took her life. 
Finally, the pollen analysis showed that she was most definitely living in the Boston area for quite some time before she was abducted. As you can see, there is a lot of information here, so I feel there could be a large break in this case soon. As many have said, someone knows who this young woman is and who took her life, and it's very possible the guilty party is still alive. If you do believe this woman looks familiar to someone you knew around this time, or you believe you know something that could help, even if it seems minimal, don't hesitate to report it. You can contact the Baltimore County PD of Maryland, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, or the Metro Crime Stoppers. All the numbers will be listed on screen and in the pinned comment of the video, including all my sources, if you'd like to read upon the case yourself. Of course, I'd love to thank everyone who took some time out of their day or night to listen to this young woman's case. My original plan was to cover it with the Massachusetts cold case, but things came up and her case was pushed to the side. But I felt the need to still cover it. I just want to give a special thank you to everyone you see on screen now. These are the patrons and members of the channel who support it monthly. You can do so too and get videos a day in advance through the join button or the link in the description. I also want to give one quick thank you to Hunt Killer once again for sponsoring this video. Thank you again, everyone. Remember to take care of yourself, each other, and as always, stay safe out there.